coming to you once again from our church on Facebook Live and uh, as we've said down through the, the last few weeks and, and in our calls to the church, uh, we appreciate your patience and understanding as we're uh, trying to navigate our way through territory that none of us have ever been before. Certainly a different time which we live in, uh, seeing things that uh, maybe we thought we would never see, but yet uh, God has remained faithful through it all. Uh, God's hand is still upon us, and uh, he's still in control, and we need to just trust in him and look to him. Uh, I'm going to give you our verse of scripture for the message this morning, and then uh, I'm going to share a little bit with you of how we ended up with this thought and with this message, uh, but I'm going to go to the book of First Timothy. We know that uh, First and Second Timothy were letters written from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Uh, Timothy was sent by Paul to the church at Ephesus to uh, oversee and to lead and guide them uh, in, in uh, their development as a church and also uh, to counter maybe some false teachings that were starting to make their way into the early church. Uh, but verse, the verse of scripture we have for you today is First Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. And Paul simply says this, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Now as I said, I'm going to share with you a little bit of how we arrived at this message and this thought this morning. And as most of you know, we uh, over the last several weeks uh, have watched uh, a couple of uh, great men in our family couple of loved ones that uh, were stricken with the coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to call it, uh, and uh, eventually succumbed and go home to be with the Lord. And as we've went down through these weeks and uh, you watch the families as prayers are going up and, and everybody pulling together and, and just asking God to heal, uh, calling out upon the Lord and crying unto the Lord, and uh, folks certainly believing what the Word of God says and knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, that God is able to heal today, that God still heals today, and that God is faithful to His people. And I'll say this this morning, that both of these individuals, if they could tell you anything today, uh, I believe they would both say that that was their appointed time. Uh, that was the time that was set out there. The Scripture says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment, that was the appointed time that was set for them, and that was the, the way that it was intended for them to go. Uh, but I'm sure that uh, it, if they would have been able to see the, the heartache and able to see the anguish that uh, was on their, their families during this time, and that's going to be there for, for uh, the time to come, that uh, certainly it would have weighed heavy on their hearts. But uh, what I want to say is, you know, as we pray to God, and uh, as I said, I believe God can heal, and we have to understand that the Word of God doesn't tell us that healing is going to come in every situation, at least a bodily healing into this world. Uh, there's people out there that will say, well, I'll tell you what, who, whoever was praying, they didn't have enough faith. Uh, whoever was praying couldn't reach the throne of God. And I, I want to tell you today, I disagree with that 100%. Uh, not only because of these two gentlemen, but also of, of others that I've seen down through the years. Great men and women of God that, that have gone by the way of the grave, whether it be cancer, whether it be sickness, whatever the, the case may be, but yet there were great people of faith, 
People that could reach out and touch the throne of God. People that had a faith that, that, that was beyond measure, that, that was admirable, that even though they were praying for them, that they still went by the way of the grave. So not necessarily a matter of somebody not having the faith or somebody not able to, to reach the throne of God. I still believe today that, that God cares for us. I believe, still believe today that He loves us unconditionally. Uh, but He also tells us in His Word that in this life, in this world, Jesus said, we're going to have sorrow. We're going to have trials. We're going to have tribulations, problems that, that come along. There's going to be loved ones that die. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But in looking as all of this unfolded down through the weeks, as we said, and, and yesterday as we laid our brother-in-law to rest, and tomorrow we'll lay our cousin to rest, that uh, as we look at all of it, there was a thought that entered my mind, and, and, and we think, and no doubt, hoping and praying all the time that God would heal, but yet God chose to take them home, and, and believe me, they're better off for them. They're better off than we are, but yet there was a thought that came to my mind, and, and the thought was, this is why Jesus came. This is why He came. You say, what are you saying, preacher? He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He came that we might have a forgiveness of sin, that we might have eternal life in Him. He came for the victory that they won when they departed this life. That moment that they were absent from the body and present with the Lord was only made possible because Jesus came. He doesn't tell me anywhere in His Word that, that He promised healing to everybody. doesn't tell me anywhere in His Word that He promised that it's all going to be good and there's no troubles. But He did promise that if we accepted Him and believed in Him, that we'd have that heavenly home. And those that have been left behind, even though the hearts are heavy, even though that, that certainly there's tears and going to be, listen, we have that promise that we can see them again because Jesus came. Amen. Now, Paul said here in this scripture, and I want you to get a hold of something here for a minute, that he said, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. Now, Paul said, a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, and this is what I want you to key on in this verse of scripture, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Now think about this for a minute. He didn't say that Jesus Christ came into the world to save alcoholics. He didn't say that Jesus Christ came into the world to, to save adulterers. He didn't say Jesus Christ came into the world to save thieves. He didn't say that Jesus Christ came into the world to save murderers. Because you see, when you look at man, not, not every individual falls into the category of those things, but every man and every woman and everyone that's ever been born into this life, we do fall into that category of being a sinner. And I think sometimes that's where we as preachers and, and maybe teachers and sometimes as uh, Christians, when we share our faith and, and, and we're witnessing to somebody, we, we sometimes we, we want to, to focus on what they're doing in their life and tell them you need to quit doing that when we need to tell them about the salvation that's available in Christ Jesus. And sometimes I think that when, when we take that, that, that focus and, and, and we may confuse them a little bit that it's all about what you're doing. What you have to understand is you're, you're doing the things that you do because you're a sinner by nature. It's not that one day we sin and become a sinner. It's that we sin because we are sinners by nature. And that, folks, that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. 
And we think about it here that sometimes that, that maybe people get the mindset that, well, when I was lost, it was all about what I was doing. So once I get saved, it's going to be all about what I'm doing. And folks, in either situation, what you have to understand is it's all about Jesus. It's all about that he came into this world, folks, as Paul said here, to save sinners. Now, I know that Paul goes on to say what? Of whom I am the chief. And certainly Paul, when he looked at his own life and he looked at his persecution of the church and, and the things that he'd done before his experience with Jesus Christ, he certainly felt that he was the chief of all sinners. But the faithful say, and worthy of all acceptation that Paul is saying here, that you need to get a hold of, is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And folks, there's not one person drawing breath today that falls outside that scope. There's not one person living in this world. I don't care where they are upon the face of the earth. I don't care how old, how young. Not one of us falls outside uh, of that description of sinners. You know what's what the Word of God says? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all have sinned, as we said, because of what took place in the Garden of Eden. And it's our nature today. But I want to look at this just a little bit of what Paul is telling you and I about this man named Jesus. Now, Paul says here that it's a faithful saying and a worthy, uh, or uh, yes, a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. And when Paul is saying that it's a faithful saying there, you've got to go back and study a little bit. You've got to go back and dig a little bit. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm ever one that could be a student of the Greek, a student of the Hebrew. You've got to really study and get down if you want to know what all this means. So uh, I like to go to the Strong's Concordance, or I like to see what uh, maybe some other books have said. But when you look at this where it says that it's a faithful saying, that's translated from a Greek word that simply means today that trustworthy is is the word and what it's saying is you can stand upon this you can trust that this is the truth you can believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt that Paul is saying there that Jesus Christ that he what came into this world to save sinners it's a faithful saying is how that is translated from the Greek and there's a lot of different teaching folks that had made their way into the church the early church back in that time as we know and you read of the different books and the different things that Paul cautioned about, the different things that the writer of Hebrews cautioned about of falling back into the, the deeds and the works of Judaism and not depending solely upon faith in Jesus Christ, Paul was countering this. And, and it's no coincidence, I think, that he was telling Timothy right out of the gate in the first chapter of his first letter that this is one thing you need to make known is that Jesus Christ, folks, he came into this world, what, for one reason... To save sinners. You can put your faith in what Paul is saying here today and not be disappointed. You can believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. As a matter of fact, when you look at Paul's writing, I think there's about five times that this phrase is translated, that Greek phrase is translated. We find it in Timothy. We find it in, in Titus. And it's saying there that it's faithful and true. But of all the things that Paul is saying are faithful and true, I think the one that we, we need to place importance on, the one that we need to look to and, and fully get a hold of, is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now we think about Jesus when he came into this world, folks. Listen, it was God himself taken up on this robe of flesh that you and I wear. Now think about that. You remember back during the, the incarnation, the birth of Christ, when it was said and, 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 and prophesied and foretold to those that thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. 
Meaning what? God with us. Jesus Christ, a part of the Trinity, Jesus Christ that was there at the right hand of the Father in the glory of heaven came down to this old foul evil earth and took upon himself the robe of flesh. Matter of fact, Paul even says in another place that what? That in Jesus dwelt all the fullness, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of God, folks. Listen, we can't wrap our minds, we can't wrap our, we can't wrap anything of the fullness of God, but yet God Himself was able to wrap all that fullness into that flesh that became Jesus Christ. The one, and you're going to hear me say this a lot, because you need to get a hold of it. The one that came into the world to save sinners. Now when Christ became flesh. As I said, it's significant that we get a hold of this where Paul says, faithful saying, and not only is it faithful, but it's worthy of all acceptation. But they get a hold of this faithful saying, it's significant because it tells us that not only is this the true word, but it's saying it's a fact. Now there's people today that want to say, well, I, I can believe this part of the word of God, but I don't know if I agree with that. Listen, you have to take it all from beginning to end. And there's people today that, that don't believe anything to do with the Word of God. And I believe in one of these days, listen, if you leave this life without Jesus Christ, listen, He came for your salvation. He came to save you. And if you leave this world without Him, I guarantee you, when you take that last breath, you'll be a believer. But it's going to be too late. But let's think about the nature of Christ coming into this world. What did, what did Paul say here? Christ Jesus came into this world. The thought that the Lord put upon our heart was, this is why Jesus came. And in order to understand that, let's look at how he came into this world. Christ's birth was unlike anybody that had ever been born before and unlike anybody that's ever been born after. The statement's often been said, ain't nobody like him. And folks, when you say there ain't nobody like him, there ain't nobody that was born the way he was born. Ain't nobody lived the way that he lived. Ain't nobody died for the reason that he died. And ain't nobody can save you except him. Amen. But it said there very simply, well, let's look how Christ was born. Hey, listen, you know what? We've all been through school. We, we know science. We know biology. And, and, and we know that it takes the union of a man and woman to form a child in the womb. Well, let me tell you something. That wasn't the way Jesus was formed. As a matter of fact, to understand that God thought it necessary all the way back in the Garden of Eden, all the way back when man failed and man sinned to give a prophecy of this birth of Jesus Christ. And he said there very simply to Satan, the one who who deceived Eve and, and she did eat and she gave to Adam and he did eat. But he said very simply about that seed of the woman. God, God prophesied. God told him there's one coming. said, you, you may bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. He's going to crush your head. And when God spoke that day about the seed of the woman, he was already telling about one that was going to come, that was going to be born unlike any other. As we said, not because of the physical activity or not because of the union of, of the man and woman, but it was because that little maiden by the name of Mary that God put favor upon, that he overshadowed her with the Holy Ghost and she became with child. 
And folks, it had to be that way. That was the only way it could be. You know why you and I are sinners today? Because we're born into this natural world. We're all descendants of that man by the name of Adam, as we've said. And we've got that sinful blood coursing through our veins. So it was going to take someone who would not have that sinful blood of natural man, but was going to have that untainted blood that could be shed for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ had to come had to be born in the flesh. He had to come and be born as the way he was in order for his blood to be sufficient for you and I today. And we have to understand, folks, by Jesus Christ coming into this world and, and taking upon himself the robe of flesh. Listen, he came, as we said, folks, and, and, and walked and talked and, and lived upon this earth and, and looked like you and I for, as far as skin and bone and, and, and our natural features. But yet to understand also the purpose of it was that he became flesh. And you know what the Bible tells us? That the life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus Christ had to become flesh and that life of the blood coursing through his veins. That life of that holy blood. Because he knew no sin, did no sin, and not even was guile found in his mouth. But yet also because, as the word so clearly says, without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sin. You see, innocent blood was shed back in the garden to provide a covering for Adam and Eve. Innocent blood has been shed all down through the ages for the sins and the, the shortcomings of man. That's why God instituted that way, that, that, that office of the high priest, and God instituted that way of, of offering blood. God put in place the day of atonement that they would practice under the law, that the blood was offered and God accepted and, 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 and the sins were, were forgiven. But guess what? Next year they had to come back and do it again. But yet when Jesus shed his precious blood, this one that came into the world to save sinners, when he shed his blood, it was shed once and for all and never had to be shed again. Without the shedding of blood, the scripture says there is no remission of sin. And we think about the eternal Jesus Christ, the word himself. Remember what John said? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And he also said a few verses down there that what? And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ, folks, the, the eternal Word Himself came by His own volition and His own power down to this old earth and took on a human body, took on that flesh and blood, even that human nature, folks, that we have. Now listen, I want to tell you something. I'll tell you right now, he was 100% God and, and there was no less of him there. But he was also 100% man and, and, and being flesh and blood, taking up on this robe that you and I wear, he experienced the things that we experience. He experienced hunger. After he was baptized and carried out into the spirit and, and, and fasted there 40 days and night, what's the scripture say? He was afterward and hungered. As he hung up on the cross of Calvary, what did he say there? I thirst. He, he, he knew what thirst was. He knew what pain was, folks. He knew him, as they beat him and, and they mercilessly just, just ripped his flesh and as they, 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 the soldiers whipped him, he knew and he felt every bit. He felt what you and I do physically, but yet he was still God in the flesh. He felt the pain. Of death of someone else. You go over and read about Lazarus, and certainly Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. And when we read that that Jesus came to the 
the tomb there. And as he looked around and he saw the sorrow that was on the loved ones, the family and friends of Lazarus and, 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 and the, the scope of the situation, you know what the scripture says? Jesus wept. He was touched by that. So he felt what you and I feel. And, and the only way that he could do that was by becoming a man in that robe of flesh. And as a matter of fact, folks, as we think about it, not only did, did Jesus come, and you think about that, he came by his own will. This is what he said in John chapter 18. To this end I was born, and for this cause came I. Think about it for a minute. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I. Now we know as we read in the Word of God that during the life of Jesus Christ, during His earthly ministry, listen, we saw Jesus raise the dead. We saw Jesus, listen, give sight to the blind eye, give hearing to the deaf ear. He loosed that dumb tongue that they could speak again. But we have to understand that is not why He came. But all of those were testaments to who He was and evidence of who He was. He came in compassion. He came in grace. And He came in mercy. And He came for one reason. And why was that? <laughs> Paul said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But think about what He said. To this end was I born and, and, and for this cause I came. Nobody else has ever been born into this world and worn this robe of flesh. No human being, folks. No mere man, however you want to look at it, can say that we were born into this world, but also we came as we desired to. I thank God for the family that I was born into. I thank God for the, the area that I live and that I was born into. Could have been born anywhere upon the face of this earth. Could have experienced many things, but, but yet God chose little Logan County, West Virginia, for me to be born. But it wasn't my choice. I didn't choose how I came. But Jesus is saying here, what? He not only was born, but he came. And that means that he's not only man, but he was also God. And folks, we see in, in many instances that, that Christ makes that claim that he's equal with God. What did he tell them? Matter of fact, this would uh, rile the feathers and, and, and get the religious people all in an uproar when Jesus would say, I and my Father are one. Oh, he's a blasphemer. Man, he's saying things that are unlawful for any man to say. Uh, we need to kill him. You better believe they had a desire to destroy Jesus Christ. He also said in another place, I'm in the Father. And the Father is in me. Man, think about that for a minute. What was Jesus saying there, folks? He was, he was God in the flesh. He was not only speaking of himself as man only, but also speaking of himself as God. And we think about that verse of Scripture. And I know I've heard people say this, and maybe uh, some of us have thought this at one time or another. But it talks about the coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus made this statement. He said, no man... Knows the hour. Nobody. And he said, the only one that knows that is my Father, which is in heaven. Amen. Now, I've thought about that, and I've thought about that, and, and I had the mindset at one time, well, you know what? Maybe Jesus is saying, and people will say this, that, and, and as a matter of fact, he said, not even the Son of Man, just the Father. 
Well, Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. But I'll tell you what. Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are all one. And there's no separation there. There's no division there. And I believe if the Father knows, Jesus knows. But the purpose of his life on earth during that time was not to give out or, or not to explain and, and tell everybody exactly when he's coming back. But his purpose was for what? To die for sinners. Think about that. What did he say? Not only die for Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, Paul said, of whom I am chief. And I think that what Jesus was saying there, that hey, no created being knows when that hour is going to be. Not man, not angel, nor beast, nor anything else that's created knows when that hour is going to be. But I tell you what, you better be ready for that hour because it might catch you unaware. Just experiencing what we've experienced in the last few weeks and here in, the, in these few days. Folks, listen, death is on your heels. None of us know. And we, we may have this thought, well, you know, I've got a long life ahead of me. Nothing's going to happen to me. I, I'm just going to wind down as an old person and, and then I'll just kind of fade away one day and I'll die. You know what the scripture says? Your life is but a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. The scripture tells us we have no promise of tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We think and we plan and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll plan things out years ahead. I'm getting close to that time now that Hope and I sit down and we start talking and, and, and maybe set a timeline. I mean, it's no time in the near future, but, but uh, uh, years down the road when I, I'm going to retire. Shoot, I don't even know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. And you don't either. And that's why we have to be ready and have to understand, folks, listen, death's going to come. Heartache's going to come. Sorrow's going to come. Pain's going to come. But Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came. That We don't have to make it all about this world. There's a better world to come. Then we think about the very purpose, as Paul said here, to save sinners. And you think about what was accomplished when Jesus died upon that cross of Calvary. You think of what was accomplished when he hung his head and said, it is finished. I've often thought about that last week of Christ's life. And as he came into the city on what we call Palm Sunday, we, we see there the people shouting and, and the people praising and, and laying out the palm branches before him as he rode in on that little donkey there that day. And we see the crowd just, just lifting him up, giving him accolades. And, and, and a few days later, what the crowd shouting once again. And what are they shouting? Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Crucify him. All the time, man, shouting going on. But when he hung his head and said, it is finished. That's when the shouting should have started. That's when they should have started realizing that Jesus' death and Jesus' shedding of blood, folks, was possible only because of that he came into this world and he did it for our sins. Remember, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. They should have been shouting. The day that three days later when he rose again, they should have been shouting. But yet, when he gave his life for you and I, folks, he accomplished, listen, he was able to satisfy the man of God that has never been satisfied before. Never satisfied by the blood of goats and bulls. Never satisfied by the, the offerings and, 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 and the, the things that were given uh, through God under the law. 
Never satisfied by what man could do. The only thing that could satisfy that, that demand of a holy and righteous God was holy and righteous blood, and that's what Jesus Christ offered. For your sins and my sins. Didn't even do it for himself. He did it for us. He came into the world to save sinners. Folks, that's what Paul said. It's a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Listen, sin brought death upon you and I. That's why we died. Remember what God told Adam? Listen, don't eat of this fruit of that knowledge of the tree of good and evil for the day that thou eatest thou thereof, thou shalt surely die. And Satan, in all his slick-tongued ways, told Eve very simple, thou, you're not going to die if you eat this. You'll become as gods. If you look at that in the scripture, it's a little jig. But the moment they ate of it, the Bible says they, they realized they were naked. What happened there, preacher? That part of them, of God, died. And not only, you see, when God breathed that breath of life into Adam, he became a living soul. Adam not only lived in the flesh, he had the life of God in him. And it died that day. And because of that, it also brought physical death to man. That's why we have funerals. That's why we, we go through this. And, and man, wouldn't it be so sad if that, that's the only hope that we had was in this life? As we, we, we cry and our hearts break as we see loved ones go by the way of the grave that, that it all ended and we had no further hope. Let me tell you something. Folks, listen. If, if you don't get saved, and you don't believe and accept that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, the life that you live in this world is going to be the best life you'll ever know. With all of its troubles, all of its sorrows, all of its heartaches, it's going to be the best you'll ever know. Because when you leave this world, there's nothing but an eternal damnation waiting on you. But man, if you got Jesus, you realize it's not about this world. It's not about what happens here and it's not about uh, focusing on, on living here for eternity. Listen, God has a place prepared. And he's prepared a way for you and I to get there. And how did he do it? Just as he said, through Jesus Christ, the one that came into the world to save sinners. Just as sin was pronounced upon you and I, just as the very fact that we're sinners by nature came by the way of Adam. The forgiveness and the restoration and the salvation came by the way of Jesus Christ. Listen to what Paul said over here in the book of Romans chapter 5. He said that by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Now think about that. By the offense of one, Talking about Adam. Judgment came upon all men, talking about you and me, under what? Under condemnation. We're already under condemnation, folks, living in this world as an unsaved individual, as a sinner. The condemnation is there. And it's not a condemnation because of what you've done. It's a condemnation because of who you are. But what else did he say? Even so. <laughs> By the righteousness of one. The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Wow. By one man, 
Judgment came upon all of us under condemnation. But guess what? It doesn't have to stay that way. Because why? Because of the righteousness of one man. Listen, the free gift came unto you, and the free gift is offered unto all of us today. What? Unto justification. Being justified in the eyes of God. Listen, don't think just because you're a good person that God's going to give you a free pass. Don't think because of you've tried to do everything right and now through the years of your life or, or you want to sit and weigh out, well, I, I messed up here, but I was good over here. And, and you count them all up and the good outweighs the bad that, that there's not going to be any issue. Let me tell you something. The only way today, the only way to be uh, delivered from that condemnation, the only way to be delivered from that judgment to come is through and by Jesus Christ. That's it. There's people that'll tell you today, Pastor, you're a bigot. You're stiff-necked and uh, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, listen, you can disagree with me with all you want, but it's the truth of the Word of God. Jesus said what? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Folks, as we think about the sorrow and the heaviness and now I'm sure there's people today who say, well, God didn't answer your prayers. God failed. Let me tell you something. God never fails. And God answered the prayers in the way that He desired to answer the prayer. The way that His will dictated. Because you see, there's no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more hurting, no more ventilators, no more dialysis, no more tubes and needles hooked up everywhere. All that's gone. And we had the hope of going to the same place that they went. And why? Because Jesus Christ Amen. came into this world to save sinners. Might be listening to this today, watching this today, whatever the case may be. If you're a sinner, you've never been saved. Listen, you're under judgment and condemnation. And realize that Jesus took your judgment upon himself to that cross of Calvary. And all you have to do is accept him. Come to him, and he'll forgive you. Because you see, as I said, he, he never promised that we would get every healing, but he promised all that would come would be saved. You think about that. Jesus Christ, I'm going to leave you with this thought, and you should be able to repeat it, and you should be able to quote it, and know it backward and forward. I hope it's on your mind all day. I hope it's on your mind when you go to bed, when you get up tomorrow. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners as we pray almighty god we come to you today father in the precious name of christ our savior and lord we can never thank you enough for the greatest gift that was ever given and certainly father i know sometimes that we fail yet in many ways sometimes father we think that you don't hear the prayer sometimes we don't think that maybe you don't care but father we know that you care and you proved it by allowing your son to die for our sins and Father, that we have that hope in Christ Jesus, not only to see those loved ones that have gone on before, but to see you face to face, to see Jesus face to face, and to be in that land where there's no more trouble or sorrow. And Father, I pray that your presence would go forth with this message. And Lord, you'd reach out to the hearts of those that are unsaved, to the sinners that need to hear this. Father, that they would make that decision for Christ before it's everlasting too late. We love you today. God, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' holy name.
Amen.